Hello and welcome to Afroqueer. I'm your host, Sally Chum. Yeah. Gosh, you guys look so great. <laughs> so all these were like your supporting. Mm-hmm. Family. <laughs> so nice. They just like. No, so all of Eric's girls, man, are these Eric's twin brothers. That's David showing Ukre, and he's talking about one of the happiest days of his life, his wedding day. This is beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is really beautiful. Oh wow! Look at this. <laughs> the, the great day that turned into something horrible. On this episode of Afroqueer, we're going to hear a story about two men who meet each other, fall in love, and then decide to get married. That should have been the last of it, but instead their wedding broke the Nigerian internet. David was born in Delta State in Nigeria and knew from an early age that he was gay. As an adult, he decided to seek asylum in the United States. When I was coming in from Nigeria, I never had the intentions to stay back because I just came with a suitcase of three clothes in it, which was supposed to last me for the duration, but I ended up staying. We picked the story up a little after this. David had been living in the States for a year when he met his future husband, Eric Schoen Ukre. It was February 18th, three years ago. I had quit my job and I was moving to Brooklyn in a few weeks got an infection on my face so I went to the emergency room and of course because you're not bleeding profusely or have a gunshot wound you have to wait forever in any emergency room in the country even small town America so what was I doing I I opened my phone and I got on Grindr which is it's a hookup app people call it a dating app it's not I knew all the guys in Oneonta the town is tiny um and David pops in a message and says like hey Funny enough, I just up downloaded the Grindr app on my phone the night before. I logged in on my Grindr app, uploaded my pictures, and I saw Eric. He said he was in the emergency room, so I said, oh, hi. And he's like, come meet me. I said, I can't, I'm in the hospital. And he's like, give me your number. So I gave him my number, and he, um, and he calls me. And then he says, hi, and I said, hi. And then he just breathes into the phone. And I'm like, oh, a shy person. So we exchanged numbers, and um, we kept communicating. He told me he was in Brooklyn. I'd been in New York for about two weeks, and he and I had been texting for weeks. And, and he said that it was his one-year anniversary in America. And I said, oh, you're going out to celebrate. So we went to a restaurant, he ordered food, and um, we just chit-chatted. I'm, the very, I'm very, 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 very shy. So um, all the while he was talking and I was just quiet, being myself. And we had some cocktails, and we chit-chatted, and he, he told me his... I was asking, you know, where do you want to travel in the world? What's your favorite book? What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite color? What's, what are 10 things you want to do before you die? And one of the things he said was... I've always wanted to go fishing. We go, we walk back to my apartment in the freezing cold and slippery ice. And we get to my apartment and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I'll get to hook up with him because he's hot. I am hot. Well, I'm not really hot, but I like myself. And maybe we could have some fun. And he, um, and so then I go into like do the romantic kiss at the end of a first date because we've been chit-chatting for a month online and on in text. And he 
sticks out his hand to shake my hand. And I was like, I'm not even getting a hug out of this, this guy. Like, are you kidding me? From the first day, he swept me off my feet. So that made it harder, made it dif more difficult for me to even be myself. Yeah, so um, at the end of the dinner, I just shook hands with him. I'm like, oh, so I see you. So he thought like, no hugs, no nothing. And he felt I was never going to see him again. But all those things I was doing, I was trying to weigh myself if this is really what I wanted. Uh, because I wanted a committed, rela I wanted a relationship that I'll be proud of. So we shake hands goodbye. Uh, and then I go into my apartment and I go to sleep. And about an hour later, I get a text from him that he got home safe and he had fun meeting me. And then uh, he kept texting me and calling me. And so for his um, birthday was coming up a month later. And so I uh, bought a Groupon for a fishing charter. And um, I said, hey, what are you doing on your birthday? It's a Saturday. He said, I'm going out with friends in the evening. I said, well, can I have you for the daytime? I, I have a surprise for you. Because we kept texting, and he's so handsome and so adorable and and just and just really sweet. And I was like, I want to see him again, and I want to bring joy to his life, even if we don't date. And so I, um, I packed a picnic and dressed really warm and told him to dress warm and picked him up and said, guess where we're going? We're going fishing. And we stayed out there fishing for, I don't know, two hours, not catching anything. Um, we talked a lot more and I fell in love. In fact, I, I don't remember exactly if it was that day or not long after. I called my mom and said, I think this is the one. And she said, you just met him. You can't think that already. And I said, you don't understand. He's really special. Growing up as a child, I've always known I was going to get married to a man. However it was going to happen, I had no clue, but I knew it was going to happen one way or the other. Probably Eric would tell you how he proposed to me. We, we went back to his school. He's um, alma mater. He graduated from um, Hatwick or Niana. And um, we went there for their re um, homecoming and he tricked me that he was going to um, his friends or no, the music association he was uh, a member of. They were, they were doing a fundraiser and um, they were going to just sing to us. So I said to him, just give them the money and they don't have to sing to us. Why do they have to sing to us? So I called the guys and I said, I, knew, I want you to do this. I want you to help me propose. And, um, and I knew the song I wanted them to sing, Can You Feel the Love Tonight from Lion King. It's one of my favorite cartoons. And I was humming the song. I'm like, oh, baby, this is our song. He said, yeah, yeah, this is our song. David and I are sitting on the steps. They make a horseshoe around us, and my friends sort of peel back behind them. And David's like, do 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 do. At the end of the song, he just went on his knees and brought up, brought forward his fingers, and that was his ring. 
like I should the ground should open that should disappear it was that it was crazy for me I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't see it coming and I just I started crying like tears just dripping down my face and I said David you know Ukre Umukoro, I think I used his full name. Will you marry me? Everyone's saying, say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes. Would you marry me? And I'm like, oh, no, don't do this to me. And I said, yes. <laughs> and I said, yes. Yeah, and I said, yes. Everyone clapped hands. And um, I said, Eric, give me a minute. I ran away. I just ran and had my me time for like 10, 20 minutes. <laughs> because that was just too much for me. All of my childhood dreams started coming like a flashback in one minute. All the things I've always wished for myself. I'm like, oh God, how am I going to handle this? Oh, what have I put myself into? So for me at that point was like, wow, it's here. Wow. Can you still do it? Wow. Are you ready? And so we found a, an adorable little restaurant. So we decided to have a brunch wedding and then this gorgeous outdoor patio. And the chef said he would make whatever we wanted. And the price was right. And the location was beautiful. And we found this great cake decorator who was totally hot and gay. And um, his cakes were scrumptious, like fabulous, delicious, amazing. Eric is the chief planner. Yes, Eric does all the planning for us. And um, he told me what an american wedding looks like because remember this is a different culture altogether so he told me what an american wedding looks like in the total we invited 150 people however half of my people did not come Beautiful, lovely wedding. A few raindrops fell, um, but there were just just a few drops, and um, and then it just stopped. And uh, it was just this beautiful wedding with a really fun reception, with some jollof rice, which David had really wanted at the wedding um, reception. So interestingly, for our wedding, David and I talked a lot about uh, um, photos because David w wasn't at the time out to his family at all. Um, and he, uh, he didn't want to be outed to his family. And so we asked the minister as a part of the wedding to say, please don't take any photos. We have a photographer. So before I got married, my friends would just... While the wedding was approaching, we just call ourselves and like, oh, so just imagine, say, we don't, 
I'm going to say it in pidgin English. Just imagine, say, you don't marry, finish now. Your story will come pour out for news. So we said it and we joked, about, uh, we joked about, uh, about it. And I'm like, oh, that can't thing not go happen. That can't thing not go happen, which means that kind of thing cannot happen. And that was it. I woke up at 6 a.m. And my friends who were driving back to California texted me and said, hey, it's up online. I thought you were joking. I'm like, nothing's online. Then my phone started buzzing. Calls from Nigeria. I texted him. I said, hey, babes, um, my pictures are out in the Nigerian media. And he's like, okay, just give me 10 minutes, I'll be home. And he was, he came home, I was crying because I knew exactly where, where it was heading. Somehow somebody had shared a bunch of the photos from our wedding uh, that I'd, I'm not sure how they got them because we didn't, uh, we hadn't put them, I hadn't put them on my Facebook. I'd put some pictures of us going to Niagara Falls on my Facebook and some other photos of us together. Um, but somebody from, somebody somehow got some photos of our wedding and they had leaked out on Linda Akeji's blog that morning and David's family and friends were calling and, and warning him and within minutes of them calling him we started to get um, death threats most of them were from my friends some of them I grew up with them like childhood friends some of them we went to school we went to college together some of them we worked together horrible things how I'm gonna die in hell I'm gonna rot in hell how God is gonna send um, an our in our cancer for the both of us? How we're gonna die of different diseases and die of HIV, die of this, die of that? They started diagnosing us, diagnosing us online. I personally was shocked, and I was trying to get David to calm down. I, he was inconsolable, really upset, pacing back and forth, just almost apoplectic. Um, and this is my husband, and it's my honeymoon. So the, the part that blew my mind off was my uncle, who's here in America. He hadn't called me. He hasn't called me once to say, how you doing? But he called my mother to tell my mother that her son got married to a man. His family was uh, threatened. Uh, I think his mom, his mother didn't know what was going on and... Um, this was the, you know, day two of our honeymoon was dealing with all these threats and the fact that somebody thought it was okay to sell or sell or send or share our photos with some gossip blogger who I've never met. I, first of all, I emailed Linda Cagey and said, please take this down. You have no right to share these photos. You have no right to share this, this story. You must take it down immediately. You'll face legal action. I called... Um, blog it was either blogger or blogspot her blog was hosted by them so i called google's headquarters and i emailed google and threatened legal action against them um i uh contacted every attorney i know um within in the six o'clock in the morning in new york so it's not i mean my friends in california you know fortunately they answered the phone and, and they all said that really wasn't much i could do and uh and then i called my twin and said you know 
pray for us. And he said, what do you mean? And I told him, and he, he Googled just our names and the word wedding. And it had gone from just her blog, and I think it was already on 12 blogs within 35 minutes. Um, by the end of the day, I think it was on more than 40 different blogs. Um, David's texts, David's cell phone, his WhatsApp, his um, Instagram, his Facebook was just full of hate. Um, David's not famous. I'm not famous. We're two simple men who happen to love each other. Why is our love for each other so damaging to you that you threaten us and that you share a story with the public? It's been really hard with my family. Um, I don't have the same relationship I used to have with my mom, and that's hurt me a lot. You know, like I said, I'm the last of I'm the last of seven, so it hurts me a lot. So that's 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 love and all that. I don't see it like I used to see it, so it hurts me a lot, and um, I would I would love. For things to be as they used to be. That's why I said um, if we could erase stigma and um, shame, if we could erase all of those, I'd love to see things where they are. You know, in Africa, they kind of attribute evil to homosexuality. So I've been told before that I'm. <laughs> I'm the reason why things are hard for my family. Because I'm gay. How how can it be? I just want to pass on the message because I know, like I said, um, this could be educational to so many people. People should not be condemned for who they are because of their sexuality or the the choice the choices they make we're all humans and um people should be given a chance to leave them to, to leave their lives and um irregardless of who they want to love how they want to love and how they want to leave what makes this world a better place is the love that we all share nothing else it's not the discrimination it's not the stigmatization nothing of none of those makes it better what makes it better is just love We want to thank David and Eric for sharing their story with us. This episode was produced by myself, Sally Chum, Ida Halinambi, and Mae Francis. Technical support by Rachel Wamoto. Afroqueer is a production of None on Record with support from the British Council. 
Our theme song is Power by Maya and the Big Sky. We always love to hear from our listeners. If you have any thoughts on this episode or any others, email us at afroqueer at nonunrecord.com or tweet us at afroqueerpod. Thanks for listening. Thank